morning, church. It is God's gift and blessing to allow us to assemble, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. To be able just to worship, to be in His presence, to have an opportunity to honor His name. We know that God hears us. He hears our prayers. He hears our worship. And it would be good for you to know this morning that our brother Dillard has returned to us. And we're thankful to God that he's here and doing well. It is good to see each of you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. Those online, those who are here present. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Oh, Heavenly Father, we do praise your holy and divine name and thank you so very much for allowing us to worship you in spirit and in truth and to honor your name, to lift your name up, for holy is your name, separate from the world, from the universe. Thank you for Jesus, your great Son, who died so willingly on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. Thank you for your kindness and for your grace, for your patience with each of us. And here we have today another day to honor you and to make our lives right with you if we're not in the right with you. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we do pray to be that will. Amen. Genesis, please, chapter 5. The curse. Today our lesson will be about the curse. The curse that God or curses that God has brought upon man. Uh, There are curses that still remain and there are some who have or which have gone away. But the curse. Why? Why a curse? Well, the curse of God is upon people who disobey and it is a revelation of his justice. Why a curse? Because God at some point became extremely angry with certain individuals and even with humanity, with mankind. And so God punishes mankind for the evil deeds that we have done. And man cannot alter or change the curse from God. When God puts a curse out there and he says this is going to last for whatever amount of time that is, whatever that era is, that curse will remain until God either removes the curse or the curse is fulfilled. Genesis 5 and verse 28. There was a curse upon the earth. And the Bible says, And Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. Now he called his name Noah, saying, This one shall give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands arising from the ground which the Lord has cursed. Why did God curse the ground? Why did God curse the people of this day? Well, you go to Genesis 6 in verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man 
whom I've created from the face of the land, from man to animals and creeping things, and to birds of the sky, for I'm sorry that I have made them. The curse from God. Genesis 6 and verse 17. And behold, I, even I am bringing the flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. Turn to Joshua. So what we have to do as God's people, as we look into the scriptures and we examine and think about the, the many passages in which we read about a curse, we ought to take God seriously. Most of us know about Achan and his sin. Listen to what God said in Genesis chapter 6, or rather Joshua, excuse me, chapter 6 and verse 17. And the city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in the house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban, lest you covet them and take some of the things under the ban, so you would make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. And what did Achan do? He coveted these things. Chapter 7, please, and verse 1. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Camry. Carmi, excuse me, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerai from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. The curse has to be taken seriously. Chapter 6 in verse 26. Remember the curse of the land of Jericho? The Bible says, Then Joshua made them take an oath at that time, saying, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. With the loss of the firstborn, he shall lay his foundation, and with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua And his fame was in all the land. A curse. First Kings chapter 16. And then there's the fulfillment of the curse. If we take God seriously, the fulfillment of the curse doesn't have to happen. At least in this particular instance. First Kings 16 and verse 33. And Ahab also made the Asherah. Thus Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. And in his days, Hael, 
the Bethelite, built Jericho. He laid his foundation with the loss of Abiram, his firstborn. Shouldn't he have stopped and set up its gates with the loss of his youngest son, Sigub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. When we read the Bible, we find that mankind are willing to challenge God. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11, please. Even to the point of challenging God at our own loss. Throughout the book of Deuteronomy, we find in Deuteronomy chapters 27 and 28 that God gave many curses. In fact, he gave the blessings and the curse. And he said, choose ye. Choose which, which you will decide. Will you have the blessings or will you have the curse? It's completely and totally up to you. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing is, excuse me, the, the blessing if you listen to the commandment of the Lord your God, which I'm commanding you today, and the curse. If you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today by following other gods which you have not known. So there's this blessing and the curse. And Israel, unfortunately, on many occasions, chose the curse. And they suffered. They suffered for it. Genesis, please, chapter 4. Remember Cain? You know the account, beginning in verse 9. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. And you shall be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. And Cain went on to complain to God about his curse. So here's what God knew. God knew that mankind would would sin. God hoped we wouldn't sin, even to this day, that we would remain faithful and true to him. I know we say we have to sin, but we have to say it honestly. We choose to sin. There's a difference. But mankind sinned, and through the foreknowledge of God, he would set in motion the scheme of redemption. Because both man and woman, they did something. It wasn't just the sin of Adam and Eve. I know we kind of think about that. And you go, well, you know, Adam and Eve sin, and because of the sin of Adam and Eve, that brought forth the death of Jesus Christ. That was the beginning. As long as Adam and Eve in the garden had not sinned, there was no need for a Savior. But because Adam and Eve sinned, and then mankind afterward would sin continually, it brought forth the murder 
the execution of Jesus Christ, the righteous. So I want us to get that first in our mind and understand the, the, the depth and the power of this sin. Genesis 2 verse 15. God gave the commandment to the man. The Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For on the day that you eat from it you shall surely die. And from this point forward, man, after they sinned, would continue to sin and sin and bring a curse upon the earth. But I want you to think about another curse. And this curse that I'm going to talk to you about for the rest of this lesson carries us from this day, the day they sinned, All the way until the Lord Jesus Christ returns. I want to begin at verse 17 of chapter 3. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Is the ground still cursed? (laughs) There are weeds everywhere, aren't they? I mean, everywhere. Well, summertime, my neighbor and I, we were talking. Summertime has come. We go, yeah, now the work begins, right? And then when summer's over, well, then there's the snow. And then summertime is here. We get so excited, but then the work begins because the earth is still producing weeds. Everywhere, the ground is still cursed. We can see that. It is obvious. Look at verse 16. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth, and in pain you shall bring forth children. And yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And so she has two kinds of pain. The pain of childbirth for children and a husband. Right, husband. I think my wife put that in my notes. Take off the husband. She has a pain still to this day in childbirth. The curse is still here. You following this so far? I know you are. He's a preacher. We know all of this. I know. Only God can remove the curse that he places in order for man to follow. So the curse, I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Here's, Here's the divine blessing of the curse. The curse of both man and woman is in line with the divine order of God. Man, because of the curse, look at what happens in verse 3. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. 
This is all to bring forth to us redemption, the redemption of mankind, God's scheme of redemption and salvation. It's all a part of the divine order of God. First Timothy chapter 2. Listen to what God says. Beginning at verse 9. Actually verse 11. Let a woman quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not man who deceived, was deceived, but the woman, being quite deceived, fell into transgression. But women shall be reserved to the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. You see, when people say to me, I don't like Paul because of what he wrote about women, what they fail to understand is that what Paul is talking about is what God ordained through the curse because the curse or the sin of woman, if you will, the sin of man brought forth the execution of Jesus Christ. That was the beginning of that which has to now happen in order for man, for Adam and Eve to be redeemed, the Lord Jesus would have to die. If they were the last and the only people on the earth, in order for them to be redeemed, Jesus Christ would have to be executed. See, God's pretty upset about that. First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. I want us to get the seriousness of, 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 of sin, if you will. In verse 44, it is sown a natural body, speaking of the body, the human body. It is raised a spiritual body. It is there a natural body. There is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a life, excuse me, a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthly. The second man is from heaven, as is the earthy. So also are those who are earthly. And as is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. The man leading is of a heavenly order. It is not saying that man is perfect. It, the, the Bible is not teaching us that he is better than a woman. In, in no way, shape, or form does the Bible tell us that or teach that. But it's part of salvation. It is a part of God's divine plan and pattern for salvation. The divine order brings salvation have you ever heard that men preaching and teaching and not women? Men serving as elders and deacons and not women. Have you ever heard that it was just a tradition? It's the divine order because of the curse of man. It is the divine order and commandment of God because of the sin of Adam and Eve. It is a curse. That God placed upon the man and a curse that God has placed upon the woman. 
It is a mandate. It is a commandment. Well, we know there's still pain in childbirth. We know there are still weeds and, 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 and thistles out there and we're having to deal with those. We know that, I know we think as men that we were, you know, boy, the women looked at us and said, wow, I can't wait to marry that guy. No, it's a, this is kind of sad, but it's a curse. Your desire shall be for your husband. I thought it was me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't you either. It's a curse. Like, wait a minute. And curses don't feel good. I saw a look at that. Like, wait a minute. You know what? Yeah, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So I don't like that. Well, it's not, we're not supposed to like it. It's a curse. You see, because the the death of Jesus Christ came because of the sin of humanity. And Adam and Eve brought forth the sin that would produce the Savior in death. And God wasn't very happy about that. It's not a tradition. It is a commandment. And it is a curse. Mankind cannot remove the curse. It still exists. There's still pain in childbirth. I mean, the evidence is right in front of us. The evidence is before us. And so today's world, we know that when you can go to, you know, look in the, you can look online, you can look over and over again, and you'll find that there are women preachers. What's happened? Mankind is again disobeying God. See, it isn't a church thing. Some folks think it's a church thing. It's not a church of Christ thing. It's not a church thing. It is a curse. And it will forever be a curse that God has placed upon man that the man will lead. Now think about that. <laughs> That's a curse. Yeah, because see, it's not about ability. It's, it's not about equal rights. It's not about uh, her agility or ability or wisdom or intelligence. It has nothing to do with any of that. I mean, in fact, we men would tell you that firsthand. <laughs> no, it's not that we're smarter than our wives. In fact, they're, they're we all think they're smarter than us. And maybe that's why it's a curse. It's a curse. I think it's a great, I'm going to say this humbly. Give, let me feel, let me finish the sentence first. I think it's a great curse because let me tell you something about you women. You're so used to doing practically almost everything. You'd have to do this too. And you know where we would sit? We'd sit in the pews. Think about that, man. It's hard enough to get men to serve now, right? It's hard enough to get all the brothers. We say, okay, brother, we want all of you to serve. Every one of you are going to feel some in some capacity in our worship. And so we want all of you to come forward and do it. And we need all of you to volunteer. And our men will do what? No, I'm not going to volunteer. They'll just sit there and do nothing. And maybe that's the blessing of the curse. Women finally get a break. Because the men have to step up. I tell you what, if we didn't step up and this wasn't the command of God, we wouldn't have a job. Because the women would take it over and do very good at it. But here's the point. And that's the truth, right? We know that's true. It's a curse, though. 
And so because it's a curse, that's why women can't be preachers. This isn't a hate speech. It isn't one of those things when you talk to, you know, uh, a person and say, well, you know, my, my pastor, she, blah, blah, blah. And you, it's not that she doesn't have the ability or the wisdom or, or the greatness or any. She doesn't realize that she's not permitted by God, authorized by God to lead in that capacity because of the curse of God beginning in Genesis. It's not a church of Christ doctrine. It's not a denominational doctrine. It's a curse. So then someone asked the question. Turning please to 1 Timothy uh, chapter chapter uh, 3. Well, okay, we get it. That a woman cannot serve as a preacher. We get it. I mean, obviously if it's an all-female audience, then she can do that. I mean, we're not, so we're talking about just a normal worship service. Can she serve in the office of an elder or a deacon? I mean, for sure, there's got to be something she can do, right? Well, it's not that she's not doing a lot of work, by the way. Well, of course she can serve as an elder or a deacon. I mean, that's obvious. It's in the Bible, right? Listen to it. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. <sighs> Maybe she cannot. I probably need to qualify that and say biologically, right? Because in our world today, biologically, she cannot be the husband of one wife. Therefore, she cannot be an elder. How does the Lord's church even miss that? There are, there are places now in the Lord's church where there are now women elders. How do you miss, how are you even, how can you even read that and think or consider that this is a suggestion? It's a commandment. It is a qualifier and a qualifying verse. Well, what about a deacon? You know, Phoebe was a deaconess. Phoebe was a servant, like other Christians are supposed to be. All of us are servants. But she never served in the office or in a position as a deacon. Well, preacher, do you have any evidence? Well, look at verse 12. Let deacons be husbands of only one wife. Pretty clear. And why is that? Is it is it her ability? No. Is it her wisdom? No. Is it her intelligence? No. Is it her power? No. Is it her rights? No. It is all the way back to Genesis. It is because a woman is not permitted to lead the man. We may not like it. We're not supposed to like it. Because it's a curse. Just like I don't like the weeds out there and the thistles that we have to work on on a regular and continual basis. You're not even supposed to like the sermon. But it's because it's a curse. And it's the truth. First Corinthians chapter 14. You see, we, we could, you know, we go to these scriptures and say, well, you know, this like, for example, 1 Corinthians 14 was a special meeting, and it was a special meeting of the church. There's no question that it was, but 1 Corinthians 14 is in line with the rest of the Bible. In verse 34, it says, let the women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but let them be sub- uh, subject themselves, just as the law also says. They didn't have to learn anything. Let them... As their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in the church. I I have heard so many 
justifiers when it comes to these verses. So what do we do about the women's rights movement and the women's live liberation movements? Stay away. Just, just tell them what the, what the Lord said. Just tell them what the Bible says. So here's what Jesus did. Back to Genesis, please, chapter 3. What Jesus did was he came to the earth and he brought the teaching of God in completion. The teaching of the Godhood, the Godhead in completion. Jesus never removed the curse. Instead, Jesus brought Redemption because of the sin of man. In verse 14, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. You think God was happy when he gave the curse? No, he wasn't. Because, again, this sin would bring forth the execution of Jesus Christ. In verse 15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Notice that that seed of the woman is without the aid of a man. What a blessing. First Corinthians chapter 15. Why is it that we in the Lord's church, why is it that only men lead? It's not because we're better. Because of the curse. And I'll bet you if we did a survey and we said, you know, you think women could do just as good of a job or not better than we? We'd all agree. We'd say, yep, they sure could. And they sure would. But you see, verse 45. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Please see the divine pattern of God in this. God made man first, and then he made woman. Why? Because of the divine pattern and scheme of redemption of our great God. And I close in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse Verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, lest death reign from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned. In the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him 
who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression, resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions, resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So Jesus did not change or remove the curse. Jesus brought redemption. And for that, we thank our God. And finally, verse 21. That as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God has made us each one of us, servants. We all serve God in one capacity or another. We have different roles and different responsibilities that God has given to us. And so instead of fighting, and I'm not saying that we are, but instead of fighting, you know, amongst the church and about the role of a woman and the role of a man, let's rejoice in the redemption that came from the gift of God. For God is a merciful and kind God. The curse did not remove God's love. The curse did not alter God's plan. But God has brought redemption to mankind. And this morning, if you are a child of God and you're struggling in your faith, and we can help you in some way or another, if you will make that known, pray with you or pray for you. If you're online and you'd like to contact us regarding your life, we would love to talk to you about that. If you're not a child of God, surrender to God. Believe His Word. Have godly sorrow. Confess His name. Be baptized immersed in water for the remission of your sins. Let God work. God knows what's best. We may not always like it, But God knows what's best. The lesson is yours. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Please stand while we sing our song of invitation.